Hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 41 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am glad that you're listening. An extraordinarily quick turnaround this week because my last episode was just four days ago, and I wanted to make sure that I got my tips in for round number 12, as well as covering some of the big news stories that have happened during round 11. And uh, we had some huge stories going on this round. The round is not over as I'm recording this on... Tuesday at about 12.30 in the morning, my time, so that is uh, about 2.30 in the afternoon in uh, Melbourne. I hope everybody's doing well there. But I wanted to dive into a couple of news stories here as we get going today, and uh, there were some really big things happening in round 11 that had been going on. And uh, I, I have to ask the question first off, did the top four at the end of the season, square off this round. This round, we had two games that were featuring four of the six teams that are in the that were in the top six at this point in round 11. Port Adelaide faced off against Richmond, and St. Kilda faced off against Geelong. Were these a preview of the qualifying final games this year? I don't know. The power certainly outclassed the uh, the defending premiers with nine players kicking goals. Nobody had more than two. I believe Charlie Dixon had two goals. And the Cats shut down the Saints in their high-powered offense midway through the second quarter. They didn't score a goal after about halfway through the second quarter. It was a textbook defensive contest for the, uh, for the Cats, and they had nine goals scored for them by a combination of Tom Hawkins and Gary Rowan, who, as they described during the course of the game yesterday, does not get a lot of touches. But when he does get the ball in his hands, he does something pretty dramatic with it. So, you know, I know that there are a lot of supporters from other clubs that are listening, and you might be a little angry with me right now, but I'm just asking. You know, I, I'm speculating. Was this a, a, a preview of the qualifying finals? I don't know. Does St. Kilda bounce back from this loss? I mean, they knocked off Port Adelaide a couple of weeks ago and then got handled in this game here, which makes later on this week, on Friday morning, my time anyway, Friday evening, your time, makes that game that much more important between uh, Port Adelaide and Geelong. That could really be a uh, a trend-setting game for the rest of the uh the fixture for one of those two clubs. But yeah, if you're an Eagles fan or a Giants supporter or a Lions supporter, you know, ultimately you're, you're going to be competing for a top four spot, at least in my mind. So I was just wondering whether or not you thought this was a preview of the final four or, 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 or the top four, I should say. And uh, are any of them ones that you think won't be there? You know, those four that, that played against one another. Richmond and Port Adelaide and Geelong and St. Kilda. Are any of those going to not be in the top four? I'd love to hear from you about that. You can reach me on Twitter. You can send me a note uh, there. You can shoot me an email. Let me know what you think as well. Maybe I'll put together a survey on that. Uh, I had a survey about the uh, Jake Carlisle hit the other day. I think there were like 110 people responded to that. And it was pretty overwhelming. I think it was 83% of the folks said that it was a dirty hit on his part. Now, something that I had been hoping was going to happen. And I honestly, I didn't know if it was going to happen because I had no idea really that this, uh, this athlete was still part of his club. 
And uh, I, I know that there's a lot of you who are listening who are not fans of the Magpies. And that's okay. I'm, I'm not a Magpie supporter, but, you know, as I've said from the get-go, I came to this game so late in life that I don't have built in that uh, animosity, that angst towards another club that a lot of people tend to have. So, you know, I appreciate good footy being played. I appreciate watching, you know, quality players face off against one another. That one another. But the Pies are doing something actually here during round 11 still that uh, is just pretty tremendous. And we'll see if it carries over into round 12 as well. But uh, if you're a fan of this game, you have to feel really good about this story because Lyndon Dunn and Tim Broomhead are both back in the 22 for the Pies. And this, along with uh, Majak Dawes' return from his catastrophic injuries, might be the feel-good story of the year. And for those of you who are new to the game, you know, I'm relatively new to the game. Lyndon Dunn has had a couple of ACL injuries since 2018. And Tim Broomhead suffered one of the most horrific in-game injuries I've ever witnessed when he snapped both his tibia and fibula in his left leg when he basically kicked one of the goalposts at the MCG trying to, to kick the ball. And his leg basically wrapped around the goalpost. There's video of it. If you feel compelled to watch it, just trust me. It was horrifying to see. The aftermath was horrifying as well, because if you've been watching footy for a long time, of course, you know that if there's a catastrophic injury during the course of the game, the game stops. Well, it didn't happen in this case when, when Tim Broomhead was injured, because when he went down on the ground after his injury, he was behind the goalposts, ostensibly right next to where the goal umpire would be. Nobody knew he was there. I mean, the goal umpire, I'm sure, did. There might have been somebody that was back on on defense uh, for the opponent that, that recognized that he was not there as well. But the game moved away, and it was, I think, a couple of minutes before they realized that he was down there just pounding his fist in the dirt in, in agony with what went on. So, you know, it is fantastic to see both of these young men back out playing. You know, it has been 772 days since Lyndon Dunn played in a senior game, and it has been 864 days for Tim Broomhead. And gentlemen, I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you have a fantastic outing. I hope you have a lot of fun. Your work is paying off here. It's it's great to see you out there. And if you're a footy fan, you have to appreciate the fact that these two gentlemen have persevered through everything that they went through in order to get themselves back out onto the grounds. Now, I I, I honestly had forgotten that you know Tim Broomhead was still part of the, the Magpies list. I hadn't looked that closely. But then I saw early in the year that he had actually participated. I'd be even one of the, uh, the, the little test matches or the pickup games they were having to allow the people who were not in the 22 to get some, to get some playing time. So it, it is fantastic. You know, it's sad that in a way that the magpies are so injury ravaged right now that they have had to, to dig deep into their list, but it is terrific to see those two young men back out there playing and hopefully they make an impact. Hopefully they come through unscathed. It, it's just great. I think for the game to see these two, these two guys back out playing. And, you know, if you're a footy fan, you have to appreciate the fact that they're out there.
you know, I have to ask also the question, are, you know, are the D's just about ready to fight their way into the eight? Because you go back about a month or five weeks ago, I think you would be hard pressed to not find people who didn't think that the, uh, that the D's were maybe the, one of the most dysfunctional clubs in the competition on paper. They had, you know, almost as much talent as any other club in the competition. You know, they had arguably the best player this year with Kristen Pataka. They got one of the, the best rucks with Max gone. You know, you've, you've got some really talented players there, but they, they seemingly couldn't get out of their way. And, uh, yeah, Simon Goodwin was seemingly struggling to find an answer to get their ship righted. But they've done that. The last couple of weeks, they've knocked off uh, a couple of teams, and they've got themselves right back into a uh, position where they're looking right up at the eighth position. They're at number nine on the ladder right now. And uh, who knows? They may be able to push their way into the top eight over these uh, these next six rounds. But, it, it you know, it's, it's good to see them kind of right the ship, you know, unless you're team is playing against the D's and you don't want that to be the case, but they were way too talented a club to be struggling the way that they were. They just, they, they couldn't seem to, to figure out how to, to score, to, to play defense. It, they just were not very good. And you know, the look on, you know, Simon Goodwin's face when you'd see him up in the press box, it, it was, you know, in many cases just despondent. It's like, I'm not sure what's going on here. On paper, we're we're as good, if not better, than many of the teams in in the, the competition. So it's good to see them uh, starting to get things figured out, and it's going to make the uh, this sprint to the you know to round seventeen that much more exciting if we've got more and more teams who are are pushing the other clubs. So we might see you know the pack begin to close up a little bit here, and you might see you know, seismic shifts each week. You know teams you know going from 7th to 11th and 9th to 6th and just jumping all over the place. So it's great to see that. Now, one of the other uh, things that I, I saw this weekend, and, and I'll be I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of poked fun at it, at it as well because there was this, uh, you know, rather interesting, you know, call that happened towards the end of the uh, game this past week when uh, Callum Ward from the Giants was given – arguably what could be called an Academy Award worthy uh, free kick. Okay. And it was towards the end of the game and he's actually been receiving death threats on social media because that free kick prevented some players from winning one of their multi bets and that type of thing. And, and, and if you ask me folks, it, this is a game. Yeah. We love it. I'm devoting a lot of time in my, you know, in my life to to put out a, a podcast and to watch games and such. But it is just that. It's a game. It's a distraction for us. And if you're so wrapped up in the game and and you know a a wager that it that it necessitates you wanting to to basically threaten to kill somebody because they didn't do on the field what you would hope they had done. Maybe it's time for you to step away from the game. You know that's that's pretty scary to hear people doing that sort of thing. And I, you know, and I have to uh, be honest. It was it was refreshing to see the quote from uh, Mitch Robinson from the uh, from the Brisbane Lions who said, and I have the quote here. 
He said, and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit because I'm not going to drop the F-bomb here. He said, not one AFL player gives a flying F how we cost you a $100 multi. It's a $5 bet, you idiot. If you're struggling with that amount, please don't punt in the first place. Death threats and hope you do your ACL next game. I dare say we won't pay you out either. So I, I applaud Mitch Robinson for, you know, for speaking up on this. It, it, it's... And this, I think, is you know happens in sports here in the United States as well, with people who are making wagers or people who are involved in fantasy leagues and that type of thing, uh, who pay a lot of money to be involved in them. And you know, that that one reception or that touchdown pass that didn't happen, you know, cost my team a win or co- cost me money. If that if that is if that money is something that is that difficult you know difficult for you to part with because of that one little event there and sure that the payoff would be fantastic but you know you're losing that five dollars or that ten dollars whatever maybe you shouldn't be spending that maybe you shouldn't be uh, putting out any tips out there on the games and you should just stick with super coach like me you know again i don't know i don't i don't gamble i've never placed a bet on a game in my life but it's frightening as i said to to hear people saying that they want and seeing that the actual text that uh, that they want to do harm to someone because they didn't score a goal or they scored a goal or they got a free kick or they didn't get a free kick it's it's mind-boggling and uh yeah i saw this a little bit with a a player with the cleveland browns a young man by the name of miles garrett and if you follow the nfl at all you might remember this is last year he was the player who uh had a situation arise during a game with the Pittsburgh Steelers where supposedly, you know, he said things were said where he was called a racial epithet. The person he alleged saying it claims that he did not say it. The The NFL says they don't have audio of it, which I'll be honest with you, I'm going to call bullcrap on that because uh, the NFL has those dish, if you've ever watched the games, they have those dish microphones to pick up every single sound on the field. So I, I suspect that if the, if it was said they have audio of it and are just afraid to release it. Well, he ended up, you know, striking the player he alleged of having said this over the head with his helmet and was suspended for six games, missed the rest of the season. Well, this week he has had, he's been showing things that I think that have been showing up on his, uh, Twitter page and I believe also his Instagram where people have been, you know, saying all sorts of hateful, uh, racially charged things to him. And it's just really, it's disturbing. And and it's not related. I don't, you know, it's not related necessarily to the, the black lives matter issue. I think it's simply because they're, they're upset that he had done this with the, the helmet last year, that this is still a carryover from that. Um, so it's just really, it's really sad to see these kinds of things happening in sports, whether it's in the NFL or the AFL or in any other activity, basketball or baseball or, or what have you. I don't know. Does, I don't know if wagering takes place in cricket. I honestly, I have no idea. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. If I was watching rugby, I've seen what those guys look like. I don't think I would mouth off to a, a rugby player. Because I think they could go ahead and just, you know, kind of pound me on the head and plant me in the ground like a fence post. So I don't think I'd mess with them at all. 
So you know, it's it's really sad to, to see this story taking place. Now, the uh, the last little news item, and this is a this is an American news story here, but it it relates to some of you who are sports fans in Australia of American sports. The United States is on the precipice of the cancellation of most college sports here this this year. A lot of schools um, have canceled their football seasons. They've canceled their volleyball, their soccer seasons uh, due to the COVID outbreak. Uh, the Mid-American Conference, which is actually the school that I went to college in, Bowling Green State University. This is the University of Akron and Toledo and Kent State and uh, Ball State in Indiana. And the University of Buffalo are all schools that are in the Mid-American Conference. There are three schools, I think three or four schools in Michigan that are in this conference as well. They have decided not to play this year due to the, the COVID outbreak. The Mountain West Conference, which I believe has, I believe Boise State and maybe BYU, Brigham Young are in that conference as well, have canceled their football season this year. The conferences that have Ohio State and the University of Oregon and Alabama and the University of North Carolina, they are all talking about this right now. And contemplating also the Big 12, which has the University of Texas, University of Oklahoma, they are all talking and contemplating whether or not to cancel their college football seasons because of because of COVID. Um, yeah, so it remains to be seen what happens. This is a completely fluid situation. Yeah, I I work as I'd mentioned before, a public address announcer uh, at the school where I teach, and the state. The Ohio High School Athletic Association just this week issued a decree that they were going to cut down the length of our season from 10 games to six games. But then after those six games, every team that wanted to participate in the state playoffs could, or if they wanted to, they could schedule additional games while the playoffs were going on. Which, if you think about the logic there, it does not make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Because if they're trying to mitigate the risk of exposure for kids being exposed to kids from other schools. Okay. You're going to play six games. So that that's reducing it a little bit, but then you're going to allow them to schedule additional games, whether they be the state playoffs, whether they be, Oh, you know what? Our kids don't want to play another game. So let's go play that team over there. Yeah. I, I don't think this is a wise move on their part. And I, I really think that before it's all said and done, the Ohio high school athletic association here and several States have already shut down their fall sports for the year. So they've shut down soccer and volleyball and cross country running. I think they, some schools are allowing tennis and golf to take place because they're not contact sports. One could argue that volleyball is not necessarily a contact sport also, but it sometimes is difficult to maintain that social distancing when you're, you know, nose to nose against somebody up at the net. So the, the one positive of the college football season possibly being shut down is that if you are a footy fan, especially if you're one in the United States, this is a fantastic opportunity for you to recruit your buddies, your friends, your neighbors who are not footy fans and show them this exciting game. You know, show them the, what is AFL show them the, the, the uh, NIMS rules of, uh, of the AFL to show them, you know, the, the, 
the best of the last decade to look at the A to Z podcast or YouTube page to see, you know, some of the ins and outs of how the game works. This is a could be very much a great opportunity for us to bring more Americans into the game because we're running out of things. You know, baseball is is still battling with uh, the COVID outbreak. My Cleveland Indians, we had a couple, you know, the, the players are supposed to be staying in the hotels, in their hubs, if you will, when they travel from city to city. Well, one of the players decided to uh, go out and spend some time with his buddies in Chicago the other night, and the team said to him, there's a, a car for you there. You're going to drive back to Cleveland. You're going to take the seven-hour drive home, and we're going to put you in quarantine for three days, and we're going to test you every day to make sure that you don't have COVID-19. Well, it turns out that one of his teammates who had defended him about it, saying, well, yeah, it's okay that he did. It turns out he had also left the hotel and gone out with him. So he's going to be going in. And then he flew back on the plane back to Cleveland. So he's going to be in quarantine with the uh, the club here very soon or for the next few days as well. So pretty much a dumb move on his part as well. So, yeah, I I, I don't know if we're getting this thing resolved or not. And there's, you know, a lot more misdirection and, you know, conjecture in terms of what's real and what's not real. I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to keep myself safe. I'm trying to keep my family safe. And I'm trying to go do my job as a teacher here in the next couple of weeks as well. But, you know, we got to look out for each other. So I want to get into my tips for this week. And I don't have my record for round 11 because round 11 is still going on as I'm recording this. But I'm going to dive into round 12 because round 12 starts on Wednesday this week. So the first game this week is GWS and Sydney. Both of them are coming off of a bye. I've got GWS winning this one by 14 points. And let's be honest here. The Swans are rebuilding. The Giants have a club that is built to go deep in the finals. And the Giants, they, they simply can't afford to drop a game against the Swans and hope to hold on to their spot in the eight. You know, you've got the D's pushing behind them. You've got, you know, Essendon possibly going to make a run. We'll talk about Essendon and their percentage here in a minute. But, you know, they're all within a game or two of, of being in the top eight. So I don't think GWS can afford to lose this one. And, you know, even though Sydney had a uh, an upset victory a couple of weeks ago, I think GWS ends up taking this one. The next game, and uh, if you are a fan here in the United States and you're watching games, this will probably be the game that you want to show to your friends. So make sure you DVR it. This is Port Adelaide and Geelong, and I've got the Cats taking this one by seven points. Go ahead. Call me a homer on this one. Yeah, I'm a Cat supporter. Call me a homer if you must. But, uh, yeah, both of them are coming off dominant wins in round 11 and who knows this might be a preview of the grand final i don't know i have to be honest full disclosure i hope that it is i hope the cats are in the grand final will they be i have no clue i have no clue you know the power has continued to set the pace for the rest of the competition they've they've been out in you know in front on the ladder for quite some time and they've had a lot of young players Georgiades and Laddams and you know Dersma who have stepped in and have really begun to contribute, you know, along with the veterans that they have on that club. And you know, actually, you had uh, Westoff who got bumped for uh, was it for Laddams 
in the last game where they brought along the extra ruck to play against uh, Richmond. Uh, you know, the Cats are very healthy at this point. They don't have, you know, a whole lot of significant injuries. You've got a lot of players who are back very close to being ready to play. Uh, you know, Gary Ablett is still not back with the club. And, and again, if he never plays again, he doesn't owe anything to the Cats. Okay. He, you know, he's right where he needs to be right now. So the cats are in a good position where they're healthy, but they might also then find themselves where they want to go ahead and manage a player or two. Who knows? Maybe this is the week where they say, okay, you know, we've been playing a lot of games in a row. We might give a couple players a week off. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know if Tom Hawkins is going to get the game off or Patty Dangerfield is going to get the game off. I don't think they would both take the game off at the same time. But, you know, they've got Port Adelaide this week, and then they've got the Crows the following week. And I think they've got a regular seven-day break in there with the Crows. So, you know, like I said, if you're going to watch one game this week, this might be the one you want to watch because I think this one is going to be a fantastic matchup. Already, we've got Brisbane and North Melbourne. And I've got Brisbane winning this one by three goals, by 18 points. You know, the Lions got one heck of a scare last round. When Charlie Dixon, Charlie Dixon, I'm sorry, Charlie Cameron tweaked his knee during an awkward landing. It was late in the game. He'd gone up for a mark, came down, and you saw his knee kind of bend where the, the, the top of his leg kind of went forward over the bottom of his leg. It's one of those things where you see ligament damage happen quite frequently. It sounds as though everything is structurally sound. They got his knee taped up, but they didn't bring him back into the game because they were winning handily. It was late in the game. There was no reason to risk any further injury. So there's a distinct possibility that Charlie Cameron sits this round, that he takes this round off and gets an opportunity to rest up his knee. You know, and, and we have to be honest here. North Melbourne is really scuffling. Okay, they are really scuffling right now. They've lost four out of five. That one win out of those five games was against the Crows, who have been struggling, of course, all year. And, you know, I don't see the Ruse being able to really compete with the Lions in this game. You know, 18 might be a conservative number on my part. It may be a wider margin than this. But I, I went ahead and went with 18. Now, you know, the Lions are going to have to you know, improve their goal kicking from... And I listened to a couple of uh, different shows and they were, you know, a couple of people were talking about how they were referencing that the Lions are one of the worst teams when it actually comes to kicking goals. They just get in front of the goal a lot more often than their opponents. So, you know, if they don't get that squared away, it might end up costing them in the long run a little bit further on down the road in the finals. So, again, I've got Brisbane beating North Melbourne by 18 points. Now, Melbourne and Collingwood. The D's are starting to finally play some decent footy. Okay. As I'd mentioned before, they, they were somewhat dysfunctional. They're starting to figure some things out. I've got them beating the Pies by five. You know, the Pies are still waiting on a number of their players to come back on to the active list. They've got a lot of people out with injuries. Again, I still think Collingwood's going to be just fine once the season finishes. But this might be an instance where they get bumped out of the top eight and have to scramble and fight their way back in to get back into the, you know, the bottom part of the, of the ladder before it's all said and done. So Melbourne over Collingwood by five points. Then I've got Fremantle beating Carlton by eight. Fremantle over Carlton by eight points. You know, the Dockers are playing with a lot of uh, confidence right now. They've won a couple games in a row. Uh, they, they played in you know some, some ugly weather this weekend as well. 
They've got their brown medalist back healthy. They've got some really great youngsters that have been uh, stepping up, like Sarong. And, uh, you know, they've, they've beaten two perennial quality teams in the Pies and the Hawks. Now, I know that the, the Pies have a lot of injuries and the Hawks are really scuffling. But even those, you know, those two wins in a row have got to be given the Dockers a great deal of confidence. And I think that, you know, the Blues having lost three of four, the luster has kind of gone off of the Blues a little bit. And, you know, they had a, they had a, a close win against the, the Kangaroos. Yeah, and they've really struggled to put things together in recent weeks. So I think that this is a, a game where the confidence of the Dockers is going to pay off and they're going to go ahead and be able to take this game by eight points. And then the next game, we've got the, the Western Bulldogs and the Adelaide Crows. And I've got Western taking this one by 19 points. You know, will the real Bulldogs stand up? They've been struggling. They've got a lot of talent. And uh, I believe they're actually a game below level right now. I think they're five and six at this point in time. And, you know, playing the Crows might just be what the uh, the Bulldogs need to get their ship righted here. So I don't see, you know, the Bulldogs dropping this game. I think they're too talented of a club. And, you know, the rebuilding Crows are continuing to look into the future you know, sure, hoping to get a win this year, and maybe they get it this week against the Magpies. I did tip them. But it remains to be seen as to whether or not they're going to be able to, you know, to generate any real resistance against a club like the Bulldogs, who should be able to beat them by a significant amount. We shall see what happens. Then we've got the next game. We've got, I think, three games left on, on the list this week. Uh, we've got St. Kilda and Essendon, and I've got St. Kilda winning this in by two goals. And, you know, let's be honest, the Saints came in around 11, just a lot of confidence. They were, what, number two, number three on the ladder? I think number three. And uh, they were ready to take on Geelong, and Geelong, they shut them down. You know, midway through the second quarter was the last time that the Saints scored a goal. And, you know, I don't think they let that happen to themselves again. And I think they they reestablish themselves as a you know quality team offensively. You know Travis Boak will probably be back out there this week. They certainly missed him against the Cats. Although the young man that that replaced him and I think his last name was Phillips came out and in the first quarter I believe it was first quarter and a half kicked two goals. So great replacement for him. You know the Bombers they're they're right now at a five and four record, but if you look at their percentage, it is extraordinarily low. It's, it's at an 80, 88.4%. And everybody around them is at 100% or higher. You know, St. Kilda is like 111. They dropped quite a bit of their percentage after the game with the Cats. Yeah, in many ways, they've kind of been Jekyll and Hyde. You know, trying, you know some days they've been dominant. Some days they've really struggled to score. And I, I think that this is, this is going to be a game where it's not necessarily that they're struggling to score. I just think that St. Kilda is going to be too much of a, uh, a threat for them. And I think that the uh, Saints go ahead and take this one. Now we've got West Coast and Hawthorne. And I've got West Coast winning this one by 14 points. You know, the Eagles are certainly enjoying their time back at uh, Optus Stadium. This is what, uh, sixth or seventh game in a row I think they've had there. Which is, you know, it's great. Yeah, I think eventually they're going to be leaving the grounds and heading back into the hub. I'd have to look. I don't know if they have played the, uh, the Crows... And the power yet, I don't know if they'll return them to Adelaide 
to play down there or if they'll send everybody up to uh to the hub in uh queensland who knows maybe they end up playing a, a game up in cairns yeah i know there's two games that are going to be played in uh in Darwin, and they just announced today that there's going to be a game played at Alice Springs as well, that makeup game, the Essendon makeup game. And at this moment in time, I'm actually forgetting who it was that they have to play. Um, but that game's going to be played in in uh, Alice Springs, which is terrific that, that the folks that live there are going to get uh, an actual in-season game played there. You know, so the Eagles, I think that they're, again, they have too much firepower and, you know, Hawthorne is just, they're scuffling. And I, th- I think Hawthorne really wouldn't mind to just have the season be over so they can go ahead and figure out what steps that we need to take to improve this club going into 2021. So, again, I've got Western winning this one by 14 points. And the last game of the week, Richmond and Gold Coast. And I have Richmond winning this one by 10 points. Yeah, the experienced Tigers, you know, they, they got thumped a little bit by the power. I think they bounced back. And, you know, they have enough veteran presence to to compete with and, and to, to handle the upstart Suns. I think, you know, you know, next year this game might be a much closer comp- contest, but I think that the uh the Suns go ahead and drop this one. And I think that the uh the Tigers take this one by ten points. So There's my tips for the week, folks. Again, don't take my advice. Don't use my stuff as a part of a multi-bet and then tell somebody you, you know, you wish them ill because they didn't do what you wanted them to do. So, you know, be kind to one another. Use my stuff for fun. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm full of crap and I don't know what I'm talking about. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as I wrap up here, I did want to remind you that if you would like to sign up for the mailing list, there is a link in the show notes for you to do that. You will be one of the first people to get the episode sent to you once uh, it is done. Yeah, I will publish it, and I will. the first thing I do is I copy the link to the published episode and drop it in an email to the 20 or so people who are signed up for it. Also, if you have an idea for a show topic, or you know somebody that you want to, uh, you think would be a great choice to have on the show, by all means, you know, send me their contact information. If you know them, by all means, pass my email address on to them or send along my, my Twitter handle to them, yank underscore on, okay? I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from them. I uh, This is Tuesday when I'm recording this. I'm going to be doing an interview on Thursday morning uh, with a gentleman up in uh, Darwin, who's going to talk about the, uh, the Dreamtime game and the impact of the two games being played up in, uh, at Teo Stadium and to talk a little bit about you know AFL Northern Territories. I'm looking forward to that. I've been researching also, and next week I will have out a, uh, an episode about the uh, Sir Douglas Nichols round and looking at the, the life of Sir Douglas Nichols. I've been doing a lot of reading about him and just... A fascinating individual and amazing the things that he accomplished in his lifetime and what he pushed for. Now, those of you who are in the States that are listening, you may not be familiar with the name of Sir Douglas Nichols. The The best thing that I can say in terms of uh, an analogy is 
Sir Douglas Nichols was doing for the indigenous Aboriginal people in Australia what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was doing for African Americans in the United States. Some definite parallels can be drawn there between these two gentlemen. So that's what I'm working on this week, and I'm hoping to drop both of those episodes to you before the Sir Douglas Nichols round, because, you know, again, I'd like to have that out there so you can, you know, if you don't know about uh, Sir Douglas Nichols, you can learn a little bit about uh, him going into the round and why the game that why the games round are named after him. Yeah, I think it's a pretty significant thing. It's it's like in the United States where we have the uh, the one day where the players all wear it's the one weekend I guess where the players all wear the same uniform and number, the uniform number of Jackie Robinson, who was the first African American player to play in the major leagues. And what's interesting is just a few weeks later, the first, and that was in the National League with the Brooklyn Dodgers, the first African-American player in the American League was a gentleman by the name of Larry Doby who played for the Cleveland Indians. And Larry Doby was my mom's absolute favorite player. And I was fortunate enough to find a Larry Doby baseball card for her about 15 years ago. And I have it on a little display that I got for her for her birthday. So... Again, if you got an idea for a show topic or somebody that you think I should be talking to, by all means, shoot me an email, send me a DM, okay? I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, don't forget that while you can uh, find all of the episodes for the podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. And now that you've listened, I hope you'll consider giving me a review on Apple Podcast. If I've earned a five-star one, I'd love it. I would, I would love your honesty. Tell me what I'm doing well. Tell me what I need to work on. You know, most of all, I would love for you to retweet the link to the show. Share it with your friends. Tell them, hey, this guy maybe knows a little bit about what he's talking about, or at least he's somewhat entertaining. I would love it if you'd consider sharing it. And don't forget that you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com, as well as on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. And I would also like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music. Mr. McDade creates some fantastic music. I'm using the pieces Elevation and Backplate. You can find his music at josephmcdade.com slash music. You can also find him on Spotify. Again, Mr. McDade, thanks so very much. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, if you're listening in Victoria, I hope things are going well for you. I, you know, I saw some disturbing video today which I don't want to get into, but uh, a woman who was wearing a scarf but not a mask, and it was pretty frightening video. Take care of each other. Look out for each other. We're in this together with you, okay? Don't be afraid to reach out and talk to a friend that you think might need to talk to, need to be talked to. You know, don't be afraid to reach out and talk to somebody because you need to talk with someone, that you need to interact with somebody, Okay? It's not necessarily something where you have to be bold. You just have to realize that, you know what, I need some human interaction. Now, this, this, is, this is in a way what that is, but it's a one-way conversation here. Unless you, you know, leave me a review or send me an email, then it's a two-way conversation. But as of right now, this is basically one way. So reach out and talk to your friends. Check up on them. Check up on your family to make sure they're okay. All right, because it's really it's really important. You know, we're getting through this. You know, things still sound very promising in 
all of the other states surrounding Victoria, and I'm hoping Victoria can get things under control soon. I'm hoping we can get things under control here in the United States. I have no idea where this is going. There's so much misinformation out there, left, right. You know, it's 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 scary because we can't get an honest answer out of most of the politicians. And it's all because it's a presidential election year. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening. Because while we're fans of our teams, deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. And that's why we're so excited about Lyndon Dunn and Tim Broomhead back playing this week. And for those of you who are watching the games here in the United States or in Canada, don't forget that Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. Share the games with your friends. Tell them to record a game to watch. Share with them that what, what is AFL link so they can learn a little bit about the game themselves. And again, thank you so very, very much for listening. I ask that you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 41 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. And you can find me at a yank on the footy on Instagram and Facebook. And again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. And I hope you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family and possibly signing up for the email list. Until next time. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>